Today's episode of After Later is brought to you in part by Alamo Remedy CBD. Yes, there is a lot of CBD companies out there, but Alamo Remedy is for Texans, by Texans, and built in Texas. Alamo Remedy has one mission. Your wellness shouldn't break the bank, and that's why they price all of their products at just $17.99. That's almost half off compared to other national brands. Alamo, R-E-M-E-D-Y dot com, promo code after later at checkout, 10% off. Delicious hemp-derived CBD gummies, cucumber melon-scented CBD lotions, capsules, tinctures. Every product features 250 milligrams of CBD and only costs $17.99. So everybody can afford them and you get the best quality CBD products. AlamoRemedy.com. Enter the promo code at checkout after later. That's all caps, all one word for 10% off all products and free shipping on orders over $49. Now, Alamo Remedy loves Texas, but they are happy to ship to you anywhere in the great U.S. of A. I've got my order coming soon. Can't wait to tell you about how great they work for me. Don't forget, promo code after later, great CBD products at alamoremedy.com. Welcome to the After Later podcast. I am your host, John Wessling. Thank you very much for joining me today. I've got a great uh, interview lined up for today that I think you're going to like. Very funny. Uh, We do dig into uh, coronavirus stuff a little way too much, but I think that's what everyone's kind of hot and pissed off about right now, uh, along with many, many other things. But that's a hot one right now. And so I'll tell you more about that in a second. Uh, Thank you to everybody who listened to yesterday's episode, uh, Learning the Trades. Or learning a trade, I think I called it. Um, the response to that so far has been very positive. Um, uh, glad to hear that you liked it. And I'm looking to do at least uh, one, probably two more uh, episodes in that area. I've got about five more people lined up and I'm looking for more. Uh, so if you heard that episode and you want to hear a little bit more about what it takes to uh, to work in the trades, uh, you know, re-education, you know, sort of changing your career path or, or if you've got, uh, you know, teenagers who are looking for something a little bit different to do, I recommend you take a listen to it. Uh, if you work in the trades and you've been uh, starving for respect and attention, uh, it, Lord knows you deserve it. Uh, take a listen and spread that around to your people. And let me know if you know any, especially like I'm looking for uh, women and people of color who work in the trades. I think that's something that needs to be uh, uh, brought to light, uh, experience, experiences shared. And I would love to do uh, uh, more of that. I talked to my good friend, Michael Bettersworth, who's one of the uh, chancellors at the Texas State Technical College uh, about this. Hopefully I'm going to be able to get him on. He just had a baby. So I'm kind of a, I'm a, I'm a new cool uncle. <laughs> I mean, my kids call him uncle Mike. I don't know if his kids call me uncle Johnny, but whatever. Uh, but I'm a cool uncle. Uh, so a couple days go by. I think he gets a little settled in uh, there at the house and hopefully I'll be able to get a little bit of a, a interview with him talking more about uh, specifics on uh, some of the stats and stuff and how people can go about uh, going to trade school. But tstc.edu was the website he gave me. If you're in the Texas area or near Texas and want to come to Texas and learn a new trade, uh, go go to that website. Having said that, um, yeah, I got to say, honestly, uh, you know, we talk about during this this whole shutdown, basically since the middle of March where life has drastically changed, Self-care, self-help is a, a very, very important. And a lot of people have gone through ups and downs. Um, 
seems like the the ups get shorter and the and the downs get longer and i feel like that's kind of where i've been a little bit lately uh things aren't great in the performing comedy for a living business and uh we've passed a couple of watermarks where things were supposed to get better instead they got worse and just sort of pushes back uh me being able to do what i do for a living farther exponentially you know what i mean like uh, a month of things getting worse equals about three months of of extra time at the end for it to come around and come back to where I can do what I do. I can support my family. I can, you know, advance my career. Uh, so I'm in the boat. I mean, I don't think it's got to be a, you know, Sherlock Holmes to crack the code that a lot of what I've been talking about with trades and people working and stuff is, is me looking at the reality of this is the, the life that we're in now. Right. So I've been thinking about it and honestly, it's, it's hard to do, you know, when you're a comic, and I've been a comic for a living for over 20 years. It's, it's my entire adult life. You know, there's been a couple of times where like when we lived in Los Angeles, you know, when you're on in Los Angeles, you can't go out on the road so much. A lot of time you have to stay in town to be available for things. Um, so your comedy based income is, is, is pretty low. So you have to kind of supplement with, with little daily jobs, little extra side work. And I got no problem with that whatsoever. I've had, you know, I'd say I think the last time I had a, a little, you know, side money job was 2007, 2008 when Kennison was a, was a baby. And I was just, you know, cause I had to stay home. I was off the road being stay at home dad. So I got a night job delivering food for a private chef, which is a pretty cool gig. Uh, it was definitely interesting. <laughs> I could drive all over, you know, dark LA uh, at night and do it. So I, but I've got no, like, I, to me, there's no stigma about working for a living. You know, I, I've been chasing my dream down for many, many years, and I've been fortunate for most of it. I've been a full-time comic and not had to do side things to supplement my income. But when you have to do it, you have to do it. It's just, that's just real life shit right there. Everybody knows that. You know, now a lot of times in the comedy community, there'll be some ball busting about it. You know what I mean? Some, some sort of backstabby shitty talk about someone who isn't doing this for a living is sort of a hobbyist. We like to call them. And, you know, sometimes that's accurate or appropriate, but in this situation, when the entire world has changed, I mean, dude, there's, there's legitimately well-known famous people who have to go work at Trader Joe's right now. I mean, hell the whole entertainment industry in Los Angeles, filming television, movies, it's shut down. I mean, you got people who that was million dollar a year jobs, crew, cast, all that kind of shit. Everyone's shut down. Everyone's going back and, and get some work. So I don't feel bad about it. I don't feel, I don't have that. I don't have that. Oh my God, I failed. My career crashed. Uh, you know I mean? I have to, you know, uh, change my life that way because of that. It's a, it's a different vibe. It's, it's, it's like a war. It's like war happened. The war happened that everything went to hell. That's, that's, that's exactly what this is like culturally. The war on coronavirus changed the world we live in. So I'm looking at it. Got to do it. Just the thing. Cause you fucking people won't wear masks. Anyway, I don't want to get into it. I'm going to just, I'm going to get into it plenty in this, uh, in this interview that I lined up today, but yeah, so I'm in a bit of a Valley right now. It's kind of hitting me hard. I'm, I'm, I'm having a hard time. just not being just completely either depressed or you're just completely pissed. It's a little mix of both. It's sad and angry, you know, but I also, this might be a little bit of my own psychological pathology here. I I'm quick to accept things, you know, I, I play things out like a chess player where, 
you know, I, I count eight moves ahead. I see the in- inevitability of the future and I just sort of adjust and go with it. You ever seen that one? I, I mean, a lot of people watch chess, but you'll see two chess masters going at it. And one guy, they all have full boards. One guy will make a move. The other one goes, ah, you got me. And and completely, you know, submit and 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 give the game, give the match. And you're like, wait, what? Yeah, like, yeah, there's nothing I can do. In eight moves, he's got me. Like, really? I don't see it. Like, well, they do. I feel like I'm that way with just sort of life, culture. You know what I mean? Now, we'll talk more about that in this, uh, in this interview today, but a little bit more house business. Like I said, uh, looking for more people who work in the trades. If you uh, have someone or you are someone uh, who works in the trades and you want to give your uh, opinion, your perspective, your experiences, I'd love to hear it. Hit me up on Twitter at John Wessling, J-O-H-N-W-E-S-S-L-I-N-G, or the show's Twitter after later, A-F-T-E-R-L, number eight, letter E-R. Also, um, you know what? I'm not going to tell you exactly what it is, but I'm working on another thing, too. You know, I'm extremely inspired by my buddy, Billy D. Washington. Uh, well, I always am. Uh, amazing uh, musician, amazing comic performer, uh, a creator, a director, writer. I mean, he's just, you know, I've known him for years and he's just always just been super, super high quality guy, uh, both creatively and, and personally. But his latest project, Tales of the Virus, that came out. And I've shared links to that. But just look up Tales of the Virus, like on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, it's everywhere. It's a great piece of sonic fiction um, that he pieced together. It's 10 episodes, about four to eight minutes per episode. An amazing story about the coronavirus. I uh, don't want to give any more away, but it's 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 great. It's great. He does some amazing things in it, and you'll love it. And it just got me thinking, man. It got me inspired. You know, I've been working as a writer for, for years, coming up with little pitches and plans and scripts, you know, and some to varying success. But I've got a project that I've been working on for years and I've been super close to getting it made as an animated project several times. I started developing it a couple of years back as a, a scripted content for audio, like basically sonic fiction. But it's a big, it's a big project, right? It take a lot of editing, a lot of Foley work, a lot of voice actors. Um, but I've got an idea and... I think I'm going to kind of put it out as a stage reading here on the after later podcast. Um, so I'm working on it now. I'm testing the feasibility of it, going through the script, making notes, seeing if I can just do, just basically read the whole thing like a, like a book, book on tape, you know, audio book, <laughs> audio books, the current version. People used to call it a book on tape when there was tape. <laughs> uh, fucking boomer. But anyway, uh, so I'm working on that and I, I might, uh, I might have a little special, uh, special episode for you by the end of the week or over the weekend of, uh, of episode one of this thing I'm working on. Anyway, I'll tell you more about it as we get closer to it. My conversation today is a great one. Talked with a guy uh, named Judd Jones. Now, Judd is a, a comic originally out of Houston. Actually, originally he's from uh, where I went to high school, Victoria, Texas. Uh, we're the same age. Uh, we went to opposite high schools on the other side of town from each other back in Victoria. Um, uh, he started comedy a little later. Uh, met him when he started off here in Houston, fast riser, very talented guy. And he followed his dream and went off to New York city and has had quite a run in the clubs and stages of New York city. Um, become running buddies with some really damn good fun comics and, uh, has done some amazing shows. And of course, just like everyone else, he's running from the coronavirus. He escaped New York, thought he was going somewhere safe. Turned out that was Florida. You've watched the news lately, right? 
<laughs> so we'll talk to him uh, more about that in a second. So we'll have my interview with Judd Jones coming up after this word from Old Humble Straight Whiskey. Howdy, stranger. You look like you need a drink. Now I could pour you something pretentious from some sort of designer bottle, charge you an arm and a leg, pretend you're sitting on a leather chaise stroking something velvet, but to hell with that mess. You need a real man's drink. Get yourself some Old Humble Straight Whiskey down your hatch and get your mind right. Old Humble Straight Whiskey is a clean, crisp, and easy drinking whiskey from right here in Humble, Texas. 90% corn, 10% malted barley, and 100% ready to whoop your ass. Old Humble Straight Whiskey is the official whiskey of the working man. You ain't got time for inferior brown liquors or bubblegum flavored schnapps or some overpriced trash vodka poured out some kind of crystal unicorn's ass. Nah, Old Humble Straight Whiskey does the job right the first time. Drinks like a champ. No matter how you pour it, on the rocks, neat, in a cocktail, or my favorite, a double shot in a hot glass, clenched in your fist, and thrown back the back of your throat. Old Humble Straight Whiskey, it kicks like a mule right where you need it every time. Go to oldhumbledistilling.com. Get yourself a big bad bottle at Specs tonight. And if they don't have it where you get your liquor, you need to get somewhere better. Old Humble Straight Whiskey. Johnny West. Can you hear me, Mr. Jones? I can hear you just fine. How about you? Excellent. So far, so good. Coming in five by five. All right. Very good. Very good. Oh, man. Well, I appreciate you taking the time uh, today, Judd. How you doing, dude? Good, man. I was looking forward to it. I hadn't talked to you in a long time, man. I, you know, I've got no complaints here other than a goddamn plague. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, hold on. Before we get started, what's, uh, you got any social media or anything you want me to uh, promote with this episode? Uh, you can just judjones.com and uh, you can find me on uh, Facebook and Twitter as well. Right. Under, uh, underscore Judd Jones on Twitter. Underscore. Nah, that's right. Some other fucking Judd Jones. What's the other Judd Jones? I don't know. Some other dude who got there before me. Right, you haven't done a little opposition research on this fucking dude, man? You track I, don't, I don't like to see it, dude. It, it upsets me. I'm so proud of my name that just knowing there's somebody else, it just drives me crazy. That is, that is some horse shit right there. That is actually my buddy, uh, Scott, who I grew up with. He's a preacher, Episcopalian preacher in San Antonio, and he's uh, head of the school uh, and uh, TMI, Texas Military Institute. I oh, think. I know. Where's that? Yeah. 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 And uh, they had like an alumni thing. And so, you know, he's the headmaster and all that. So all these people come in, he's taking pictures. And he sent me a picture and it's some some redneck. And his name tags is Judd Jones. And he's like, hey, I got another Judd Jones. And I'm like, fuck that guy, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, man, I got to tell you, uh, I forgot what the what it's called. But a doppelganger is someone who looks like you. Right. I can't remember what you call the other people that have your same name. Right. Asshole. Not... <laughs> well, you, you know, Matty Kirsch, right? You, yeah. you remember Matt Kirsch from Houston. I, I met him once before. Yeah. Yeah. He, he assembled basically... Um, all the other Matt Kirsches, like he kind of put them all in the group, right? And they're all, they kind of became a, uh, they, they keep in touch, you know what I mean? They're oh you know, very, <laughs> very, very dudes from all sorts of different backgrounds, occupations, everything, you know what I mean? Different races even. Right. And it's pretty clever the way he, he 
organized it, I uh, I feel bad for the other John Westlings. There's about four or five other John Westlings. Okay. And uh, the one I feel the the and I, I feel a kinship toward my my named brethren, right? Because Westling is not like Jones. I'm surprised that you're angry about it because Jones is the definition of a common name. Absolutely, but nobody's named Judd. Well, you can't say that anymore, can you? No, you I gotta, can't. I wouldn't have thought. I mean, Westling's not exactly you know Smith Jones, right, right, obviously. Right. So I figure there's a good chance, and I can tell from the ones that I've looked up that I might be partially related, or at least you know we go back to the same region, kind of you know so distantly related that you're not really that related. You're just sure. essentially countrymen at that point. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But the one the one I feel uh, bad for because you know in the land rush that is the internet, I kind of got to all the all the social media handles, all the websites. I got everything first, right? Okay. I got all the John Westlings. Nice. There's, there's this one. And I'm, he's got to be early 20s by now, but he's like a motocross racer. Mm. And was doing okay. like really well. Like He was starting to kind of rise up the ranks. I, I, I haven't kept in touch in the past couple of years. I don't even know if that's even still a thing, honestly. But he was kicking right. ass. <laughs> he, was, he was doing good. So like I would get Google alerts, right? Uh, it was every, <laughs> every comic should have a Google alert for their own name just because you never know. Right. Um, and, but I was getting like, I was getting full, like career updates on this kid. Now he was kind of rising through the ranks going, you know, local at first and statewide. Then now he's national, you know, like legit. <laughs> and I, I kept feeling bad. Like at some point I'm like, oh man, if he's going to be a big star in the motocross world, I feel like I should give him like all of his stuff was Jay Westling. You know what I mean? Or, yeah, yeah. Or, or like JT Westling. Like he kept, I, I, I know that he kept running into it. Like I know that he's bugged that, that the John Westling, who's a comedian, already stole the name. Like I felt more pissed for him at me <laughs> than I would be at him. <laughs> right. Yeah. Then, but then it was funny. It was like there's, there's like a couple of like regular dudes, like bankers. There's one who's a real estate agent. You know, and yeah. I get in front, you know, whenever anything with their name pops up on a on, online, I get it. And I feel like they're alternate reality versions of me who never had comedy. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think it was scared me. Yeah. Uh, about seven years ago, one of them died. Oh. And all of a sudden, I'm getting blown up with John Wesley obituaries. And dude, I tell you, that's a little start. <laughs> That's he a little was a, shocking. He was a great guy. So funny. Yeah. Yeah. See, <laughs> seeing people like, eulogize, you know, that's, 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 that'll fuck you up. No shit. Yeah. Put the so perspective. I, so my recommendation, Judd, is I think you should befriend the other Judd Jones. You know what, dude? Maybe I should. Now that you say it, maybe I should do that. I tell you, the one who has at Judd Jones on Twitter got his Twitter handle like two months before I did in 2011. Uh, like right before that but i mean i really can't complain about anything because i've been terrible with social media most of my life and only just recently trying to dip into it a little bit more but i noticed that the other day yeah you had like a two-month jump on me in 2011 uh, so that's well, all right are they active at least is he tweeting no, a lot? not really i think one of them's like a fertilizer salesman or some shit like Dude. it's not it's not much happening there Man, you ought to make you ought to you know, well, first you ought to contact him to see if you can trade, if you can get the handle. Is that even a thing? Yeah, absolutely it is. Oh well totally. fuck. All right. Well totally was. You just basically they'd have to change to something else and then like you would immediately change to that one. 
Right. Okay. All right. Well, yeah, huh. you should you should reach out and try to get that thing. I mean, because you're a comedian. If you were just a rando dude, if you're just a civilian, right. who cares, right? Okay. You're, well, that's you're a, a good comic. Point. Your name is your brand, right? You that's should be right. Able... I should that's... have my name. God damn it. You should. That's right. I'm with you. All right. Cool. I'm going to check that out for sure. You're, you're just like Tina Turner. That's you right. Need... <laughs> <laughs> I want my name. I want my name out there. Come back when I'm 80. That's right. <laughs> well, Judd, well, first of all, we're already recording, obviously, but uh, uh, introduce yourself to the to the people at large. What do you do? What's your thing? What do I do? What's my thing? Well, I'm a, a non-working comedian at this point, like any other comedian, I guess. Uh, That's for the most part. That's a lot of redundancy going on there. Yeah, unless you're like Jim Gaffigan doing drive-in theaters and shit. That's mm-hmm. that's uh, that seems to be a thing now. The rich get richer, don't they? That's right. That's right. No, but I um, well, yeah, man, I started, uh, you know, with you doing stand-up, and uh, well, didn't start with you, but I met you when I started doing stand-up in Houston. Like, I think the first time I did it was almost seven years ago, but I I only justify being a quote-unquote comedian once the actual club paid me to do it so that was (laughs) that was uh six years ago i guess or a little bit a little bit maybe a little bit more than six years ago but yeah i had a whole nother life in houston man worked in the maritime shipping industry for like 14 years which was pretty cool i mean you know it's a lot of it was a lot of hours and late nights and sleeping in your car going to different ships in the port and all that and just i always wanted to try stand up and finally got the nerve to do it and i did a open mic um first and then i think you and rob mungle had an open mic and that was the second time i did it i believe i believe so and uh that's when i met you guys and that's when that content y'all were uh, getting ready to do the houston's funniest and um i was like oh yeah i'll enter that and do that and i got past the first round and i thought whoo i've made it <laughs> you know i've made it but i will i will say I, I i see that i have that picture saved on my computer from that night i'm so proud of it because of who i'm on the stage with everyone from the night that i went who advanced it was uh me justin thompson rest in peace yeah um uh, uh mickey housley that's a good one Kristen lindner great matt brassard <laughs> yeah right. you were a good company man that was a fast night i was I, that was like one of the more exciting nights man that was so awesome because i was still you know just wide-eyed about everything and yeah it was like a five-minute thing and i remember what, 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 what what's the guy uh what's the tortilla guy he does comedy now he was one of the judges i remember that i'm what's trying his to name? remember who that was the tortilla what's his name? guy yeah he does uh, he's he does comedy now and he's he's like a famous houston guy i'm just blanking on oh, his name uh, chingo bling Chingo bling. There you go. Well, that's right. <laughs> I didn't know that he was a tortilla guy. That's why I didn't. Put that Isn't he a tortilla in his family of that or something like that? Or I don't they know. Might. Anyway, they anyway. might. That's just, that or maybe funny. I just, maybe I was just totally racist by saying that could be, well, I don't know. Bit. I'm sorry. Bit. I'm sorry. If so, it was an accident. Folks. Total accident. Mean, I thought his family didn't... owned like a Mexican foods company or some shit like that. Anyway, I don't know. That was where I was coming from. They might. I don't think you're racist. I think you just know more about Chingo Bling than I do. I didn't, I didn't get, the, <laughs> I didn't get so. the biography. But when you said tortilla guy, I was like, I was thinking like, like the Texas, <laughs> like Texas Tech, like you know, like when they throw the oh, throw the tortillas on the field. That's right. So I was That's thinking right. like notable Texas Tech uh, fan who does comedy now. Okay, yeah. maybe you knew something I didn't. Well, I'll right. say this, Judd. You know, I remember when you first came out and. Uh, 
you had that thing to you that I like about seeing uh, people that have kind of lived a life and had a job and get into comedy as a as a mature adult. I think kind of come at it hot, you know what I mean? They come at it with a little bit of, uh, I'd say a work ethic, but just sort of a professionalism to it. And you had that like quick, you know what I mean? Oh, thanks, and, man. Yeah. And, and it, I, it's funny because I had Broussard on a couple episodes back and we had talked about how having a commanding voice, like a really good speaking voice, uh, covers a lot of mistakes and lets you kind of uh, excel early because you you look like you know what you're doing. You sound like it. You get people's attention. And you right. had that too, right? You had like a, a booming adult voice. Like you you sound like an announcer at a stadium. Right, so right, yeah. <laughs> sometimes you, you were getting people's attention and, la- and laughs because – you just they they thought they were supposed to listen. You're like a fucking public address announcer, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you I know, was I t- impressed. I, I tell you, well, thanks, man. I appreciate you saying that coming from you, dude. Seriously, that's wow. that's pretty awesome, man. But I tell you, the the thing with my one thing I've realized, especially doing comedy in New York, is that if it gets a little, like if it gets a little rowdy or something like that. I'll, I'll do a thing where I'll turn, you know, maybe I'll go into, you know, just start talking to them and it'll be, you know, make something funny out of it, whatever. But I've realized that I can just kind of turn and just put, get a little bit closer to the microphone and keep saying the joke that I'm saying while I'm looking at them, maybe get a little bit deeper. And nine times out of 10, dude, they sit at attention (laughs) as soon as I do that. I mean, it's not a fail safe by any means, you know. But that seems to that seems to help uh, in some situations. That's for sure. I'll say this, and I I don't mean it as an insult. But, oh, that's always a good. Yeah, go ahead. I'm a... <laughs> but I'll tell you what it is. You've got a little bit of cop energy. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know what I mean. I, I, you're right. Right. Well, it's I, funny you say that because. I do background work and television shows in New York, and that's the thing I get all the time. Oh, yeah. Immigration officer, cop, investigator. I got a thing (laughs) yesterday. I'm not even in New York right now. I'm in Florida because of all this shit. And I got a a thing to do, ask if I would be available. And I thought thought to myself, this is how they just uh, get people to show up and and you're going to get killed, especially (laughs) what's going on in New York and everything right now. It was, they wanted me to come in and be a cop. They're going to give me a uniform. And it was like 150 bucks, something like that, for just like a couple hours. They wanted me to, uh, to it was actually last night. And I just responded, I'm out of states. Thanks anyway. They wanted me to go to 204th Street in the Bronx at, at midnight last night to be a cop in a music video arresting an assailant. <laughs> I was like, you got to be fucking kidding me, man. I'm not- Oh, <laughs> uh, that does sound like a trap, dude. That's, That's totally a, trap, a trap, dude. I mean, even even when everything was fine before all this, I would have hesitated to go to the Bronx that far up at midnight with a cop uniform on. But yeah, in the middle of all this, I was like, no thanks, I can't do it. But yeah, I've got that cop uh, cop vibe as far as the background television stuff goes. That's for sure, dude. That's uh, that's hilarious. Because that that's like a that's like an Antifa casting trap. That's right. They're gonna get you. That's right. Yeah. But boy, you gotta have big old brass balls to dress like a cop to go up into that neighborhood and then not actually be a cop. Oh, geez. I mean, dude, if you were a cop and you get shit, you just hit the radio and all of a sudden there's goddamn drone strikes, basically. Oh, but my you're God. Just, you're just a dude who has actually no yeah. backup. Yeah, you'd be fucked. No, up. no, no. I wasn't looking for any of that. Like almost never. Yeah, it's. 
you know, now granted, most of that stuff, or pretty much all of it, you show up and then they, you know, like maybe the day before you go to a wardrobe thing and they fit you for your wardrobe and then they mm. have it for you when you get there. But even still, dude, I'm like midnight in the Bronx. No, thanks, man. I don't I don't even want one person to get confused. Then I'm screwed. Well, know? don't I'll tell you, uh, uh, Judd, for guys like you and me. You know, middle-aged, non-model, hot white. Guys. <laughs> okay, <laughs> if we if we had a future because of our good looks, that would have happened already, long ago. Right, yeah. that right. ship sailed. I, once again, no offense, uh, <laughs> but I'll tell you what's a what what's a, a a solid career path for guys like us is character actor, right, and right. and really focus on being the bad guy, like. That is a boom industry. If you could be a menacing-looking white guy who plays a lot of cops, I have a feeling that you're going to have a future in the entertainment business in the next five to ten years because there's going to be a lot of that. There's going to be a lot of a lot of need, it. We're going to need bad guys who get fucked up in in movies and TV shows. Boy, I'll tell you what—that's great acting work. Yeah, you know, th- there's yeah. guys who have made who have made million million dollar careers off of that. Oh, absolutely. And I tell you, I see some of them sometimes. And, you know, in, in New York, I mean, the, the amount of cop shows that they film there, you know, I mean, it's just like one after another. So there's a lot of that, but it's background work. And, you know, it's it's not like really great pay, but it's something that you can say, oh, yeah, I've done this and you get familiar with being around a set, and, you know, and all mm-hmm. that stuff. But I tell you what, man, that that's where part of my optimism lies is just, you know, I'm not going to get any softer looking the older, <laughs> the older I get, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, you know, I'll take any of that stuff. I, I did a, um, uh, oh shit. What was that show? It's got the dude from Luke Cage, that black dude. Um, it's a, oh my God, I'm blanking on it right now, but it's a, um, it's a, a new it's show. A, yeah. It's on CBS. Um, Anyway, it's like a paranormal cop. Thing. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, it's not hell, but it's something like evil. Isn't it just called evil? Evil. There you go, dude. Yeah. God, yeah. You had to tell me. That's right. So I had they they uh, had me come in to be a here we go immigration officer at a detention <laughs> camp, you know. <laughs> and um, so it was uh, you know, and so he's there, and dude, that you know, television like you'll see people on television, and then you'll see them in real life, and you're like, oh, you know, he's a smaller dude or short or whatever. This dude is huge. Like, I mean, he is just a menacing looking guy walking around the set, right? But real nice and all that. And um, so they had me be this immigration officer, right? And um, and I'm in the, the. It's like the most I'm on a TV show of all this background stuff that I've done. And you see me in the background. I have to walk up and tell this girl it's time to go, and then it's more of a close up. And then for for like one second of that show i'm the only thing in the frame right it's just me standing there looking menacing and um i remember somebody told me one of the background guys and one of these things i was at before he goes if you know hey man if you ever get an idea for um you know a line he's like tell the director like hey i got an idea for a line he's like the worst they can do is say no and i was Mm -hmm. like well that's a good point all right so on that show i have to i had to go up and tap this girl on the shoulder like she was talking to her attorney through a glass, right? So I had to go, you know, tap her on the shoulder and motion for her, it's time to leave. So I brought this up to the director and I was like, hey man, I said, I got an idea for a, uh, for a line there. And he's like, well, what is that? And I said, well, I'll just go up and tap her on the shoulder. I'll be like, and just say, uh, time to go. And then, you know, gave him the deep voice. And he was like, he was like, oh, okay. And he kind of laughed. 
And he goes, hang on a second. And he goes and talks to, you know, different people, you know, and all this stuff like that. And I was like, oh, shit. And then they give me the line to do. And oh, I, was nice. like, I was like, oh, fuck, this is great. This is this is legit can say Judd Jones on this show. Yeah, you know, right. I was like all excited and shit and did it one time and it was great and all this. Then they called me back because they had to do reshoots. And I'm like, oh, my God, oh, I'm an actor an, now. Look an extra this. day of work. Yes. Oh, dude. I'm like, oh, this is just amazing. Right. So I go in to do that and did some more of that scene or whatever. And then the show comes out. Yeah, totally cut anything that I was saying. <laughs> but, but you still see me in there, you know, and I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. But I know you're right, dude. I mean, you know, there's only going to be more demand for mean looking people, you know, in television shows. So giddy up, man. If I can do that, keep doing that during the day and comedy at night, then uh, I'm doing something. You know, it's going to be hilarious. Uh, guys like you and me, they're going to cast us in scenes in a couple of years from now where we're going to be the All Lives Matter protesters angrily yelling. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're gonna, it's going to be you with a pink polo and an AR-15 in the wrong hand. In, and the front right, yard. in front of my house with my wife. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So as you watch the news and you see these idiot you know, crazy right-wing right uh, white people just think, I can yeah. play that. That's, that's me. That, that's I got I, that. I think that all the time. You know, I mean, hell, most people when I, you know, when I'm in New York, especially look at me like I'm that person anyway. So <laughs> it's like, it's just perfect. I mean, it's all set up for that, you know? Yeah. Dude, but, you know uh, what? You got to think ahead. Uh, you got to think wardrobe. So oh, yes, yes. you definitely got to make sure, especially there in Florida, you go to any thrift stop in Florida or thrift store, you're going to find exactly what you need. You need a, you need a shirt that has some sort of blowing American flag with a wolf howling on it. That's right. That's right. Yes, that's right. That's that, that is a must. You wear that to the way. audition. You wear that yeah. to the audition. That part is yours, dude. Blue jeans and white tennis shoes. <laughs> 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 well, Judd, hey, I'll tell you what, we're going to take a, a quick little pause here. Uh, you got time to stick around for about another 20, 30 minutes. I got all the time you need, brother. Cool, because I want to ask you uh, about uh, one of our dear mutual friends, Vic. And oh, uh, yeah, I know, man. I know. And just generally kind of get a beat on how you're doing with all this. I mean, my God, son, uh, you went from the frying pan to the fire. We'll, we'll, we'll be right back with more in just a second. Cool. Welcome back to the After Later podcast. I'm your host, John Wesley. Joining me today is a comedian friend of mine and uh, actually uh, uh, we went to the same high school in Victoria, Texas. What? Uh, well, no, technically, I no, we didn't, but Wait, well, I thought you went to VHS. I didn't go to VHS. I wh- the w- the way we found this out is when I met you when I first started doing stand up, I found out that you and I had a bunch of mutual Facebook friends who ah. were from Victoria. And I asked you about it and then you said you went to Victoria High like the last year of high school. The last two years, yeah. Last two years, okay, right. Well, I went to St. Joseph, oh, the private shit, school right. there. So I, so all these friends that I had at VHS, and then you know, from going to public junior high and all that, that's why we had so many Facebook friends. And so, but yeah, we never crossed paths in Victoria. But I thought that was kind of funny. We had so many friends from from Victoria, though. Well, we were definitely uh, there at the same time. I graduated in '93. I don't know about you. That's me. The same time. Same yeah, time. So, so we graduated the same year. Same. I mean, Victoria at the time had about fifty-two thousand uh, residents. Uh, three yeah. high schools, right? You had VHS, Stroman, and St. Joe. That's so it. So we were all hanging out at the same Sonic and and everywhere else. But surprisingly. <laughs> right. yeah. We can't right. remember you. Did you have hair back then? 
Oh, of course. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I had a That's... beautiful plume for years, dude. That's you have no idea. Oh, yeah. my God. Jesus yeah. Christ. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had long hair about 10 years ago, and I loved it. I loved having long hair. I looked like a bass player in a cover band, right? I loved yeah. it. Yeah. But and and then I cut it off for uh, uh, locks of love, right? A little charity thing, and oh, okay. then, and then never grew it back uh, after that. And I tell you, I miss it every now and then. I have the little phantom hair wave, like I can feel it. Yeah, you know what I mean. A well, nice subtle breeze. Your, you still got all your feathers, dude. Why don't you grow it out again? Yeah, I've tried. I've tried, and yeah, I get to about the three four month mark. And it just looks like shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, it is, it is not going out like it used to. It used to be all just thick and rich and just had this. You, ha- I, you know what it looked like? I'll tell you exactly what it looked like. It looked like Sam Elliott and Roadhouse. I had that kind of hair. Oh, right? okay. Yeah. Nice. And, and, but that's when I was, you know, in my 20s, uh, early 30s, it, 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 it behaved that way. Now it's like real, I hate to say it, but. <laughs> it's a lot like uh oh what's the porn star ron jeremy i get ron jeremy oh little ron jeremy it, it grows okay. out a little little ratty and just not the same vibe and ah. when, you're, when you're aiming for that sam elliott in roadhouse vibe if you yeah. miss it by a fraction you look real shitty it's all off yeah <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> exactly i had i have a picture i have a one of my old ids from a&m I've got hair down to like the almost the bottom of my neck and it's all one length and just push back. And boy, you talk about a criminal. <laughs> I mean, boy, I just look like the worst. I, I can't even believe I let that happen. Yeah. Although I do, I do regret that I ne- at this point, I do regret that I never let it grow longer past that. And I you know, yeah. c- cut it shorter after that. And then it was all downhill from there. You know what? I, since we're the same age, I would say you probably ran into the Nirvana uh oh yeah that was it yeah so you didn't want to go too long because you still want to look grungy like you gathered it up in a ponytail and snipped it in the back and that's kind of how how they how your hair looks that was chubby nirvana that's right (laughs) (laughs) that was that was my aesthetic as well chubby (laughs) chubby nirvana yeah yeah for sure oh man well um how are you? I can't believe, like I said, you. Were, I, I let it go by earlier in the episode. I just because I didn't want to drill into what we were on the on onto something. But you left Houston and you moved to New York, right? And, right. And then when we'll discuss more in New York in a second. But then things got hot with the coronavirus, <laughs> yes. and you went to Florida, which I don't right. know if you're watching the news lately. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, see the thing. What right. You know, I'm starting to see what's going on in New York when it's all getting crazy and shit. And I tell you, man, I mean, it was so ominous just being around the city, even just going outside, you know, because I was we I was there till the end of March. And then uh, me and the lady came down to Florida. She's got family down here and they've got some places that so we've been just kind of, you know, in a holding pattern down here. Um but, uh, you know, but, you know, now in Florida, you know, with all the spike and everything, I tell you what, though, man, I mean, I'm I'm not so concerned about the spike in the number of people that have it, because, again, I go back to what they said at the beginning. Look at the number of deaths and look at the number of hospitalizations. Like if hospitals get overrun, COVID is the least of your problems, dude. I mean, mm-hmm. that, that's just going to be a domino effect, which is what happened in New York, you know, and that hasn't happened in Florida, at least as of yet. So. You know, look, man, I, I we're just locked down. I mean, I go to the grocery store at seven in the morning like an old person, 
yeah, you know, nice. before anybody's around there and then just kind of limit my, uh, or, uh, limit the trips to Seven Eleven for smokes. Yeah. You know, but that, that, that's it. But now I'm not so much worried about this, but it is, it, it's just the fact that Florida and, you know, even Texas too is spiking so much. Mm-hmm. That's just more reason to be, to, I feel like people need to understand like the time frame of this thing. Like it's good to be, you know, liberal with the how long are we going to be in this scenario type thing? Like they talk about schools and stuff. Well, you got kids. I mean, I can't, yeah. rela- I can't relate to it. I don't have any kids. But in my mind, I mean, on the surface, I think to myself, well, shit, kids are germy little dogs yep. and they're going to come home and give it to mom, dad and grandparents and all that. And the kids might not even be sick. And so to do that in the fall, I just think is a is a risky idea as more than anything. Like, why not say, OK, look, they've been used to the, uh, you know, working from home or school at home, remote learning, whatever they're calling it. Do that for the fall. And let's mm-hmm. just see what we can do by January for everything. You know, it doesn't mean yeah. keep businesses shut down and shit like that. But I mean, it, you know, it's it's just so it, it's just such a weird environment. And to you know, talk about schools now. I'm just like, woof, man, that just seems like a tremendous risk. It's a horrible risk. And, and what's fucked up about it is, okay, it's such an obvious decision to not do it. Like if it was right to cancel school for the basically spring break on in, in, in yeah. March, if it was right to do it then when the numbers were what they were then, then it's inarguable that it's so much fucking worse what, now. What's changed? And, yeah. yeah, it's it, you, only thing that's changed is that it's gotten worse. Yeah, and we've had months and months to prepare the online learning, which they've done a good job of. As as a parent, I'll tell you, they keep us abreast, and we know our teachers that are working hard. So sure, why, just do that for fuck's sake. Why would you force them to go to school? when you know it's going to result in sickness and death. It's fucking, it's a ridiculous, it's ridiculous to even have the conversation. It's a no fucking brainer. I think so too, man. I I really do. And I I just don't know why anybody talks about it on the other side. I mean, there's, there's plenty of things that have gone on that I'm like, well, this seems stupid or that's a little too much or something, but there's some, like how much more do we know about this sickness now than we did uh, in, in the, in the spring? Not much. I mean, you look at the different, you know, you look at how it affects different people. It's a wide range of symptoms. It might affect a little kid, might old people. It doesn't, you know, it's all over the place. We know, I mean, let me say we, the the royal we, they, the scientists know a lot more about it. The problem is, is there's nothing that they know that's better. (laughs) You know what I mean? There's nothing encouraged. I mean, what they do know is only worse. Like they, you know, they've seen more and more of the symptoms. They've learned more and more how the, the, the long lasting damages, (laughs) nothing. It doesn't seem to be a lot of encouraging news about, Oh, Hey shit, this works or, Oh, Hey, this ain't so bad. That's like, yeah, you talk about long-term stuff. seems like every once in a while I'll see something pop up and it'll talk about some heart condition tied Mm -hmm. to it. Or some long-term lung damage uh, uh, tied to it, or something. And then remember when all the uh, the people on the ships in the military they got yeah. it, and then they you know get off in Guam and they're quarantined and all that. Okay, well they're you know they're better and everything. Well then they got it again. Yeah. So then it's like, well, what does this even talk about antibodies? That's a that's a moot point. Like I it doesn't even need to talk about it if you're get people are getting it multiple times. You know, it seems like the antibodies. And of course, by the way, to the listener. 
don't please don't listen to us as like some sort of like don't we're basically live action audio memes okay? yeah we're we're idiots we don't know shit P- please go get your information <laughs> from a trusted reliable verifiable source but the antibodies seem to only last for like a month at you know like it, it's not a it's, it's not like when you know the chicken pox where you get the antibodies you're immune to it and you're good for the rest of your fucking life. Right. Dude, it's good for like a month, and then, mm, nope, you can get it again. So there's no such thing as herd immunity. We have to find a way to, to cure it. We have to find a way to to, to, to kill it, right? And that's it. That's, that's, that's the answer, because there's no long-lasting. And when you and they say when you get it the second time, it fucking finishes you off. Oh, fuck, yeah. You're already half fucked up. Yeah. And we'll then see, it just I- comes through and clobbers you. Yeah, and that and that's why I was telling somebody the other day that you know to me it seems like you know everyone you know obviously everyone wants to get back to normal and live their lives and all that, but it seems to me whether it's kids in school or sporting events with people or all that that shit cannot happen until there is a a, a legitimate vaccine in the same vein that well you can get a flu vaccine and all this until you get that and it works I really don't think you can start talking about back to normal. In my mind, and, no, and, and you, you can't. Know. It, it's irresponsible, and yeah. it's like it's negligently irresponsible, right? It's like it's not like you can be in denial and just sort of put your head in the sand and fucking push through and do it anyway. But right. that's that's what we're seeing here in Texas. And I tell you, I kind of sniffed it out, and it didn't take much sleuthing. But honestly, what's driving the biggest thing about get back to normal and go back to school is they don't want to fucking cancel football, dude. Well, yeah, a lot it really of money just comes down boy. to high school football, college football, pro football. That's three days of the week that we got planned in the fall. Right. You know right. what I'm saying? And they that's woo, they do not want that to fucking fall apart. And, and they're so driven by their own interest that they're blind sure. to everything else, that they're willfully ignorant about other shit because they don't want it to affect the, the big thing that they care about. Right. And right. That's, that's unrealistic. I mean, let's just be honest, as, from a personal pr- pr- opinion, when you're looking at uh, uh, reacting like that, that's immature. That's that's childish. That's that's spoiled. But I want it to happen. I want them to play football. Sure. You know? Sure. It, and 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 ignoring the obvious, this is you're going to kill people. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's, right. That's not yeah. even hyperbole, dude. Like, no, imagine no. imagine it was uh, instead of. Uh, coronavirus illness that killed these people. Imagine it was just straight up uh, random execution. Okay? <laughs> right. So right. we said, yeah, we're going to send all of our kids back to school. We're going to play high school football. We're going to play college football. Uh, but we're going to execute 20,000 people to do it. <laughs> yeah. <right. laughs> yeah. <laughs> that seems what it's uh, that appears to be the, the, the accurate analogy, man. But I mean, you know, with sports, though, you know the the big money a lot a lot of the big money is television mm-hmm. so you know i think if they're going to they're going to test athletes top to bottom and everyone's going to be you know healthy you know might, might as well play the sports because if they're worried about their self interest well most of the money's on television yeah. you know that doesn't help you know smaller schools who need that weekend income but you know when everyone fills the stadiums but yeah, man, getting a large group of people together. I just, uh, I mean, I don't see that happening for a while, unfortunately, which sucks right. because what do we do? Comedy. God I know, exactly. Hey, here's what bothers me. I mean, goddamn, you talk about, look, there's a roadmap to being able to do those things. You want to have football games? You want to do this? You want to, okay, how about this? 
try to stay six feet apart and wear a fucking mask. There you and, go. And that's the easy part. And that's right. they're fighting against that part. Like, well, motherfuckers, if you would just do that part, you could have a slightly different yet still happening version of the thing you want. Well, exactly, re- dude. Because they fucking refuse to do the easy part. Now we're stuck with the hard part. Well, see, and I think that has, you know, that's like the main variable for why it's so bad here. I mean, you can say like, yeah, definitely we have, you know, so much testing and all that. Sure, I get it. But look, at least in Florida, man, going to the store, half these fucking hillbillies aren't wearing a mask. And I'm just, you know, it just blows my mind. But, it, you know, we live in a world now where it's almost a, a, a partisan thing, whether you wear it or not, which I just, it blows my mind because, you know, hey, I, I wear a mask anytime I go out of the house, but I support, uh, but I'm a, I'm a gun supporter. So where does that leave me? <laughs> you, you know what I mean? It's like, shit, yeah. I can't play the game of drawing a line in the sand on something like that. And, you know, oh, this mask works or doesn't help this out. fuck i don't know if someone's talking they got a mask on at least there's somewhat of a barrier yeah at least right that god damn i mean i don't know why that's even a discussion you know but but it is it? it is oh yeah and it's it's a whole political thing you know i'm, I'm waiting until you know it's like you know when you're just gonna see somebody in a mask and somebody doesn't have a mask and the person without a mask is just gonna call them a fucking republican you know, I mean, it's just going to be to be that blatant about it. It's just ridiculous, man. It already happens that way. And it, it, you feel like it depends. You know what it really it depends on what's the dominant paradigm in your area. Are you in a blue state or are you in a red state? You know, yeah, because yeah. if you're in if you're in Florida and then you're at you know, or even in Texas, they're pretty much identical ratio wise. Uh, pretty pretty much now. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, but like. In my neighborhood, I'm up in the, the woodlands. If I go to a store and I got a mask on, half the people, mo- more than half of them don't. And they look at you like, oh, look at this Pussy. fucking, look at this libtard <laughs> sheep, bitch, you know? Yeah. Or right. other way around. So if you're, you know, if you're in a, uh, if you're in Chicago and you're just a fucking regular, you know, you're like Ted Cruz sitting at the gate with no mask on. Oh, Jesus. Then they're Can looking you at you like, what the fuck is wrong that? with you? I can know. you imagine doing it? If you had to fly, John Wesley, can you imagine just sitting there all casual without a mask on? I Dude. can't even fathom that. All right. First off, for the, yeah. I hear, okay, Judd, here's what's been bugging me about that. Look, as a human being, if I'm just, I'm just an anonymous Joe and I'm flying, I'm going to wear a mask for all the health reasons that, that make sense. It just, it's the fucking right thing to do. Okay, right. so there, that's the base level. Let's go to the second level. If you're a recognizable person, yes, then you know that you're making a statement by doing it because people are going to take your picture. It is going to go viral. Right. I think about, dude, like if I had to travel right now, I'm just a comic. I'm a relatively unknown comic. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and I would be worried about someone taking my picture and saying, look, John Wesley not wearing his fucking mask. Like Cancel him. Cancel him. Yeah. Right? Right. Even on my teeny tiny small fucking means nothing level, I'm worried about it. Can you sure. imagine being a fucking United States senator and doing that shit? Oh my god! I just it blows my mind, dude. I just can't even. I, dude, I, I went to go get like the first time I was around like a decent or you know clo- in close proximity to some people was a couple of months ago because I went to go get the antibody test because I got real sick in New York in November. And I thought, shit, I mean, it was like a weird sickness. Well, you know, but then again, I'm all of a sudden, if I thought I had it 
in November, that means I'm a conspiracy theorist to a lot of people or something. You know? <laughs> well, you never but, know. But I tell you, I, I, it was like a sickness, like taste, no taste, smell, my pain in my, you know, the whole thing and chest and all this. And I, I went to, uh, to donate blood because they do an antibody test for free. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I'll just go do that, you know, whatever. And I went over there and there was, you know, three people who work in that. It was like, it was the bus, you know, the bus that pulls up and all that. And, and you can give blood in the thing. And there were three people that worked there and two people in there. And I was so just pe- being around people like that, you know, everyone's masked up and everything like that. Mm-hmm. And it was just the weirdest thing being that close to people. And I was thinking to myself, like, when is that ever going to go? When is that going to go away? When we're just all, you know, feel okay about being around that many people. I did not have the antibodies, which upset me because I was convinced that I had it. But, but, um, but yeah, it's just a, a, a weird, a weird world, man. I mean, Dude, right in the I middle mean, of it. Yeah, it's going to it's going to have some crazy long lasting psychological, cultural effects that yeah. we're going to see that's I mean, it's really, it's going to change the world, dude. It's changing everything about the world. This is like, I said this on, a, on, a, on an episode before, but like, this is the first year of my life that I'm pretty sure is going to be in the Bible. <laughs> going to be you know in the I mean? Bible. Yeah. This, yeah. Is, this is, this is Bible worthy. <laughs> and, 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 and I say it's a general term because this is, <laughs> this is a global event. This is a, everything this is all happening at the same time to everyone around the world. This is not a, there's not a, a right. culture. There's not a person on earth who hasn't been affected or at least notified of this. At this sure. Point, sure. Right. So this is a global watermark year. Uh, yeah. All Absolutely. the travel, the transportation, just the free moving between countries has been changed. I mean, it's just, yeah. People don't gather like they used to, which fucks us in our business. I mean, Completely. we need we need people to gather in a small area, all jammed together in the dark to to do comedy. That's right. You, you Close, can't find yeah a compact room, low ceilings, everyone huddled around each other. That is what you need. That's going to be like the last thing to come up. You know. Yeah, I, I saw a thing the other day. It was uh, one of those charts that shows like the the one to nine how risky behavior is for. Yeah. for for spreading coronavirus and it was it was a generic one like it was from like a usa today or something like that it, it wasn't like a very specific infographic that was made by like a smaller website it was like a mainstream big one mm-hmm. <laughs> i felt like the truman show where they were fucking with me specifically <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> because like one of the highest risk like it says these activities would fall into that and it said, sitting in the audience at a comedy club. 12. Right. It was like, it was like <laughs> one of the worst. And then like yeah. right underneath that was going on a cruise ship vacation. Oh, fuck. There you right? go. I'm like, God damn. And I'm like, oh, man, that's brutal. <clears throat> yeah. and, then like, and then like right underneath that was watching live entertainment at a bar. You know? oh, it, was, it was like shit. literally for the general public the top like fucking eight things were all things that i like do on the regular like it... on the regular yeah and your, then like your livelihood yes yes <laughs> and then i was like one point I'm like well fuck it you know what I- I- i'm trying to be responsible i'm trying to be mature even though and and be realistic so yes i want to get out of the house yes i want to go do stuff i was like well what can i do that i'm not gonna you know feel guilty about I'm like well i go play golf i can go play go- round of golf you know, I've got I've got a couple of free round vouchers, so I'm not spending money. I could go do that. And then right there underneath that, 
uh, at like level six, playing a round of golf. I'm like, yeah, mother- I, I think did you, did you just <laughs> change that because you heard me say it? Because you're online looking at it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, dude. I was Jesus Christ, man. Yeah, yeah, I don't know, man. But it's I don't know. I really I, I think, and you kind of you alluded to it at the beginning. I, I think there's going to be like a domino effect with a lot of major cities, New York, Chicago. I wouldn't necessarily say so much Houston, but then again, I don't know. I mean, once you get past the COVID, the, 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 the trail of debris that it leaves, you know, jobs lost and all these things. I mean, I, I'm, I have a big concern about the next two or three years in some of these major cities, man, because I mean, you already look, you know, uh, I mean, or just desperation in general, man. I mean, I don't see that just flipping the switch and everything getting better real quick. You know, I mean, I don't mean to well, sound yeah. so pessimistic, no. but I mean, you know, just kind of looking at it in a level-headed way, I feel like <laughs> that's it's going to be a while, man. Dude, it's going to – it's fucked up. And what sucks is – well, thanks, off, Judd. Thanks for taking it to the next level. I appreciate oh, that. Yeah, that's right. good. <laughs> oh, you like, you, oh, you think that this once-in-a-epoch-level thing is bad? Oh, well – Let's factor yeah, in the civil unrest. Yeah, let's, let's look yeah. at what's to come. Let's look at yeah. the yeah, yeah. We're at the we're at the front of this, not the back of it. Yeah, man. We're not even uh, in the middle. We're at the front. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Oh, and, and, and dude, don't feel bad like you're being pessimistic. This is what we're all learning right now. Yeah, that's realistic. I think and so, man. That is that is being smart and just sort of taking a, a no-nonsense evaluation of the, the world at large. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, right, right. This is scratching where it itches, not where you think it feels the best. This is a weird thing. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. Yeah. A well, weird thing, man. But, uh, it'll, but then again, man, it, look, every, everything is going to work out at some point. I don't mean to just put the cherry on top of it, but, I mean, the odds of this just being the way it is for the next five, three, four, five years, I just don't buy into that. It'll 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 come back around. Things are get back to normal. I think it's just going to take longer than people want it to take. That's you know? that that's key right there. Longer than they want it to take. So you can't be a, a childish bitch about it. Yeah. And and be petulant because that's what ma- that that's what will make you make the critical mistake. Right. Sure. And you know, people wanting to go out and do comedy shows, man. I mean, fuck. I want to. You want to. We all want to. But then there's that thing, like, well you know you're the person on stage i mean i've seen some comedians go to you know even the improv in houston and different places when there was a window to do it and in my mind i'm like oh i can understand you know how nice that must be to get back to it but at the same time like if one person gets sick and dies and you find out about that like that would mess me up dude yeah I mean, dude. I would, that it's would bother me mind. forever you know yeah it- it's on my mind because I'm technically supposed to do shows Friday and Saturday at the improv. <laughs> and oh, are I, you really? I don't, I mean, first off, I, I took the booking because I 95% expect it to be canceled before we get there. Uh, the way yeah. things, the way things are tracking and the things I've been hearing about in Houston, in Texas, they're going to, they're going to start shutting shit down here in the next day or so. So I took it, not thinking it's going to happen, but as it gets closer, I think about that, dude, like, like, look at, look how the guys got blew up in uh, San Antonio. Uh, yeah, Ryan Callen, uh, Brendan Shaw. Yeah, that's right? right. And they look like fucking assholes because of it. Never yeah. mind that they're sick. They look like assholes, and that's going <laughs> to stick. Yeah. You know? Right. Never mind their comedy is mediocre on top of no, I should say. <laughs> <laughs> hey, no, that's accurate. <laughs> well, then, you know what? But th- it's funny, Judd, that you say that because it, as soon as you do something that is stupid, it opens you up for those shots. That's, that's why you got to be protective. Right. 
like a comedy career, an entertainment career is like being in an MMA fight. You got to keep your guard up at all fucking times. Keep the left up. One tiny little mistake, and then you're opened up to a thousand levels of criticism. You know, yeah. Yeah. and like you make when you clearly make a dumb mistake like they did, and are taking a PR beating because of it. Well, then people pile on. Then like, well, you're a piece of shit also because your act sucks. You're like, I can't argue <laughs> against that right now because I'm taking an ass whipping. For the other thing, <laughs> right? Exactly. So I gotta uh, ask you. I gotta ask you, Judd. Uh, you you were in New York. Things got hairy. You left for Florida. Things are yeah. getting hairy. Yeah. Uh, if if you get to that tipping point where the hospitals are full and and all that shit, where are you going next? So that we know where the next hot spot's gonna be. The next <laughs> hot spot. <laughs> yeah. Where are you fucking taking this next, you typhoid Mary motherfucker? Yeah, exactly. It's just going to keep following me. Delaware. We'll go to Delaware. Why not? You know, yeah, I don't know. Shit, man. Good you, Lord. You are the fucking pale rider, man. That's it, dude. It's just nothing but darkness following. Yeah. Uh, no, man. I mean, I, I assumed that was going to happen in Florida anyway. You know, I mean, just because a lot of people came down to Florida and, and uh, and plus, you know, just the attitude of, you know, not giving a shit as far as yeah. people not wearing masks and all that. Yeah. I, I've, I had a feeling it was going to blow up a little bit. But again, man, you know, to me, it's not blowing up until, you know, deaths are rising and hospitals are overrun. I mean, I, I think they said that from the beginning with New York. Mm-hmm. And I, I think there's a lot to that, you know, because, I mean, again, most people recover from it. Never mind what, you know, long term effect of it might be. But yeah, they don't most- die now from it. Right. You know, that's it. But I did see a statistic that said drinkers and smokers are less likely to die from it. So I feel optimistic. Oh, I feel great about dude. All my vices over the years have seemed to harden to me for this. I was I think so. Yeah, <laughs> I feel prepared now. I also saw another thing that like uh, that, that marijuana and uh, that helps uh, keep it from uh, latching onto you in the first place. Like there's something in the cannabinoids that are uh, resistant to so I'm like, dude, if I just stay stoned all the time, I've, I've reduced my, uh, my, 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 what is it called? My, my facility to, to receive the virus. So yes. I'm like, well, that's great. So I'm just stay, stay steady baked. And well, uh, yeah, I'm ahead of the curve based on that. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling pretty optimistic with that as well. I tell you what, man, I'm, we're staying at a house. that has got a, it's on a canal down here in Florida. Right. And it's, you know, with these, you know, rednecks around here, it's like the, it's like the front street. People drive by in boats and all that. Fuck man. I met a couple people, this and that I'm buying weed off the guy that lives on the sailboat anchored in the middle of the canal. That's fucking beautiful. Perfect. That motherfucker pulls up right here. Doesn't even anchor. Doesn't even tie off. Do the exchange. He sails on out to the bay. Perfect. That's fucking great. Ahoy, Paloy. That's right. Tosses. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. It's great. Looking good, Lewis. Good, <laughs> yeah. So I can't well, play with that. Yeah. No, yeah. that's a that's a that's a nice uh, setup you got there. Well, so hey, Jet, let me ask you, and I appreciate you coming on uh, today's episode. Um, I hope we get to talk again soon. You know, what I mean, I'm glad to hear that you're that you're doing well. Uh, yeah, man, but, you too. Enjoy talking with you for sure. Are we yeah. done? Is this? Are you? Is this? No, it? no, no. We're, do, we're doing oh, the turn. Okay. We're doing the home turn stretch, though. I'm gonna oh, ask okay. you the kind Whatever of the, you need, the, man. The, 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 need. the usual home stretch uh, questions here on uh, on after later. Uh, and as you know, yesterday I, I came out with my trades episode, and I always ask people on this show, like, what other skills do you have? What uh, if there was all of a sudden no such thing as comedy? What could you do for a living? Well, I would go. 
I would go back to uh, what I mentioned earlier is the, the maritime shipping industry. And, I, and I'll tell you, I'll tell you this much to anybody who's listening that I fully recommend if you need a job or looking to change up things or whatever, the maritime shipping industry. And it's a, it's a, it, you know, most people don't know much about it. I mean, I mean, you're, you know, you're from Houston. You may mm-hmm. not know much about it. You know, it's there, but it is such a solid industry. And I got into it through a, a friend of mine who told me I, I was living in Austin just uh, after college and just had some you know crappy jobs here and there. And he told me about it. And he said, the more you work, the more you get paid. And I was like, all right, well, that's cool. And I worked as a shipping agent, which is basically a person who coordinates the port calls for ships coming in. Mm-hmm. And you set up all the, you know, uh, you get the documents from the ship and you go clear the ship with the customs office and you coordinate with the uh, stevedores who are doing the cargo operations, depending on the type of ship or, or the terminal like Exxon or Shell, mm-hmm. if it's a liquid cargo, something like that. And oh, yeah, I, tell I, you saw, what, I saw the second season of The Wire. <laughs> I know what you did. You know, right? Yeah. Right. yeah. And I, I tell you, I, I would recommend that to anybody who's looking, you know, if you just don't have a job, but even right now, man, I'm sure there's always jobs available for a shipping agent. And that's the person who works to do that particular job. You go meet the ship in the port and you meet people from all over the world. And, and uh, I remember the, like the second night I was working in that industry, I had a, a ship that arrived like at two in the morning and I had to go out and meet it. And I met this old dude who worked at the dock and the shed down there. And, and I told him I just started. And he said, well, the good thing about the shipping industry is if the economy tanks, it's the last to be affected and it's the first to recover. And that always stuck with me as, as something to recommend to other people if they're looking for a change or, or something else to do. Um, but no, that that's I would go back to that. I mean, the last before I moved to New York to do comedy, the last, I guess, five years of uh, doing that, I was more of an office job. But before that, going out to the ships and all that, I mean, it was fun. It would suck some nights, you know, back to back ships. You got to sleep in your car in between or whatever. But um, it's solid work, man. And it's, you know. It's not like a blue collar type thing, you know, but you're a, but you know, if you're a fat guy like me, you sweat your ass off and X on <laughs> Baytown in August, you know, yeah. but, uh, but you no, know. that's, that, that's what I would do if I had to go back to that whole thing. Cause that, that industry is always available for people. That advice is as old as mankind itself. If you're looking for work, boy, go to the docks. <laughs> go to the docks, man. It's there for the taking. I'm telling you. Yeah, it and is. If things I'm... get bad enough, you can hop a ship and fucking go to the next one. And do that, too. I'd do that, too. Yeah. And, and the food on the ships is really great. It's no, really I, I good. Too far. I worked it's on good. cruise ships too long. It's not that good. It's not that I know. Good. Well, see, that's a, different, that's a different animal, dude. I guarantee. Well, okay. Well, let me ask you this. So you're Were saying you... on some shipping, like an actual cargo ship, that those guys are like fucking Mongolian walk and shit down there? Absolutely. Some of the best Italian food, some of the best Greek food I've ever had in my life has been on ships. Now, when I say that, I never ate the Indian or Filipino food. I'm not trying to be racist again, but I would never eat that because there's a cleanliness issue on that ship. If you want it, trust me, that's a whole different thing. But that's not my type of food anyway. But oh, these I've ships. eaten plenty of Indian and Filipino uh, working on uh, on uh, cruise ships, and I tell you what, dude, it is hit or miss. 
Four out of there five go, times, right. it's the best thing you ever ate in your life. And then there's some weird-ass chicken knuckle soup shit that they serve you. And you're like, <laughs> right. what the fuck yeah. was that? Like, right, oh, we, right. We found it. That's, that's, what that's is it. that? Pork belly. It's not cooked. That's the way we like it. What? Oh, God. Yeah, or some weird shit. Yeah. This one that's... is a squid dick stew. I'm like, yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> disgusting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, but I, I enjoyed that job working in that industry. It was pretty cool. I got to travel some i've got to go down to brazil and a couple other places argentina and travel around the country a little bit um but no i mean you know go to the ports there's there's, yeah, there's right. work work to be had for sure i like it i like it good to know now yeah. let's say things got even worse here's where here's where i like to take it to the next level uh judge mm-hmm. all right let's say never mind a, a a collapse of the comedy industry which we're currently going through Yes. Imagine it got all the way bad, dude. Like all the, the unrest you have foretold for the next few years, my friend. Let's say that we find ourselves in a goddamn Mad Max, Walking Dead, dystopian collapse of the future, and you find yourself in that environment, right? Mm-hmm. How, first off, how would you survive? And then my second question is, if you found yourself at the gates of the local warlord with his men drawn down on you with their crossbows <laughs> what would you do to stay alive and to uh to i say hey motherfuckers y'all like jokes you know no yeah no, no but no. mad max uh surviving yeah man how would you do in that world uh well i think i would do pretty well as far as feeding myself like I would go like, like we, my, my dad has a, a piece of property outside of Victoria. It's got a lake and it's got some deer that come through and hogs. Like I'd probably would that, that probably live there because I think I could eat and uh, survive there. I mean, if we're talking like end of the world, Mad Max shit, cause yeah, you gotta right. eat, you gotta eat. Like I, you know, uh, I'd uh, do that and uh, drink water out of the lake with a life straw. <laughs> okay well that's clever you know it is funny i was thinking about like if we ever got to a a complete collapse situation all these dudes in texas that are out there killing feral hog by the trailer full oh shit they're gonna yeah. be pissed they gave away all that free meat <laughs> that's you're, right you're not gonna mind some fucking stringy nasty pork if that's all there is no 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 i'd, I'd probably eat catfish five times a week or some shit you know <laughs> no. okay yeah. that's that's where you I lost know. me I fucking it, well hey man you gotta survive dude it's the end of the world you no know? no yeah. i'm out i'm out i'm out on that <laughs> i'm out on that i'll go forage for fucking beanie weenie cans yeah well i, I would i would say we go i would i would say we go shoot some squirrels but they got the bubonic plague now so that's fucked you you know what though you you can cook that out yeah, just boil it a lot. It's like yeah. it's like salmonella. If you get it to temperature, <laughs> that that plague cooks off. <laughs> Let's hope so. Thank you very much to my guest today, Judd Jones. As he said, JuddJones.com, or you can follow him on Twitter underscore Judd Jones underscore the mark of your shame <laughs> judd jones ladies and gentlemen like i said we got to find out where he's going next because uh, if he's like i'm going to montana i'm like people of montana be aware <laughs> the pale rider is coming <laughs> but i enjoyed that immensely that was good i need a little bit of a pick me up there that was good that was a nice little conversation even though we're ranting and raving and bitching and moaning for a good 20 minutes of that uh, 52 minute in- interview 
I feel like uh, as a comic, sometimes the, the proper amount of ranting and raving and bitching and moaning is having fun. I don't know. My comic friends will understand what I'm talking about. Uh, appreciate you listening today. Uh, always looking for more guests here on the After Later podcast. If you are an interesting, unique person with a pretty cool perspective or outlook or experience on life, I'd love to hear it. Hit me up on Twitter at John Wessling, J-O-H-N-W-E-S-S-L-I-N-G, or the show's Twitter, After Later, A-F-T-E-R-L, number eight, letter E-R. The show's Facebook page is After Later Podcast, and my comedy fan page on Facebook is John Wessling Official. Uh, I want to say a big thank you to my sponsors. Couldn't do this without you, boys. Uh, Alamo Remedy CBD. Go to alamoremedy.com. Enter the promo code after later, all one word, all caps, and you'll get 10% off of all your orders of their amazing CBD products. Plus, you get free shipping on orders over $49. I can vouch by them. I've used the uh, the, the cream, um, the, the capsules, the tincture. All of them are great. The CBD is working uh, amazing for me. And I bet you'd like it too. It's like it's like covering the insides of your body with olive oil. You know what I mean? It just makes you feel groovy, but not too groovy. That's the point of CBD. <laughs> and of course, my good buddy Joe Breda uh, over at uh, Old Humble Straight Whiskey. I uh, about halfway through my second bottle here, and uh, I might do some more drinking this afternoon. It's just that kind of day. You know what I mean? Good for what ails you. Now, uh, go to Specs if you're in the Houston area. They've got Old Humble, uh, Old Humble, and I believe their Special Reserve. They also have Boomtown come out sometimes. I don't know if there's any still available. But if you live somewhere that doesn't have a Specs, number one, you got to move somewhere that does have a Specs. But if you can't do that, uh, go to oldhumbledistilling.com. Uh, hit them up and find out where you can get it or how they can get it to you. That's how we do it. Thank you to my benefactors, my buddies who paid me for no good reason. I mean, because they love me. That is Scott Henry, Tommy Drake, James Herring. If you'd like to be a benefactor of the After Later podcast, sure would love it. Uh, a little money goes a long way. Go to anchor.fm slash After Later. Uh, there's a little support tab there. Click that. Give me $1, $5, $10 a month. Every dollar helps immensely. Other than that, man, boy, this has been great. I remind you to go back and check out the episode, uh, Learning a Trade. Uh, looking for more uh, tradesmen. Got some more lined up for another uh, episode I'll have next week. Plus, plus a special surprise uh, coming up this weekend. But other than that, get out there uh, or don't get out there. You know what I mean? Get out there emotionally, but physically keep your ass inside, wear a mask and wash your fucking hands. That'd be great for everybody. Uh, <laughs> but emotionally, get out there. Take good care of yourself and uh, get some more. Uh, oh, yeah. Tomorrow's episode. Tomorrow's interview is going to be great. You're going to love it. I don't want to give it away, but you're going to love it. This is the After Later Podcast. I am your host, John Wessling. Thank you for listening. Until next time, bye. Kids are still here.